0: Pitch Deck Asia, your story, your words. We're live, Graham Brown, Pitch Deck Asia, we're back. Seema Sutradhar joins us today from Seem. Seema, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Graham. It's
0: good to have you here.
1: Yeah, I'm delighted. I'm delighted to be here and sharing with the wider community, which I have never done in the past.
0: You've never done a podcast before? No. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to this. Hey, um, you've got a really interesting background. Tell us a little bit about yourself first. Where are you from?
1: I grew up in India. I, was, I lived in a suburb of Calcutta. Um, my first 12 years were really in a very small town and the next six were in a little more urban place. Then I did my engineering, again in Calcutta, but it was a residential four-year program. And in final year, I was offered a job that brought me to Mumbai, where I worked and lived for 13 years before coming to Singapore. Mm. Uh, my husband's job uh, relocated us here about 10 years back. Since then I'm here in Singapore.
0: Ten years, fantastic. Yeah. How how would you describe yourself? Because you've worked in many different industries. Well, banking primarily. Where do you fit into that? Are you a systems engineer, IT person, consultant, bit of everything? How do you describe yourself?
1: I'm definitely a generalist, but I have I have worked in system integration. That's where I started. Then I was very interested in processes. So my next five year, first eight years system integration, five years process. I also, on the journey, uh, and then later I did a lot of uh, audit and process related mm. work. In the journey, I picked up people interest. So it's across technology, process, and people. Mm. I am very, I'm a, big learner, and I really learn things on the job. Um, I, can, I, can, I need a question or a problem for me to actually focus into uh, what is that I need to find out. I yeah. go into exploration, and then I learn. So I really see the problems like, a, it happens that I see the problems in a systems perspective. And uh, I always feel that uh, it's, a, it's like a very foolishness to look at things in isolation. Mm. And uh, then I happen to uh, see the complexities all across about the things that we interact with or the human relationships that we have with one another. So my learning is all
0: across. Yeah, very much top level. Which is good. I think it's needed. We'll look at your pitch deck and look at the problem. You say you like a problem. So we'll start there. We'll talk about the problem that you're solving and then what you do. We all know in that world, especially in banking, finance, regulation, compliance, etc. It is very much focused in departments or boxes. That's the world, how it operates. Very few people sit at that level they can see across all these different processes. Yes. So I guess this is, this is where you're coming in. So maybe if I can just flash the pitch deck up first or your slides, then you can tell us what the problem is that you're solving. So Seem, you say it here, sustainability through engagement, empowerment and mobilization. What was the problem here, Seema? What are we trying to solve here?
1: This is a IT consulting business that I founded. And uh, the problem that I am solving here is I'm, I'm helping the bank uh, remove their challenges in complying with regulations. Hmm. i mean by banks is the global banks that have diverse lines of businesses. And the problem, but what is challenging for them is in complying with regulations
0: Mm. how how is that a challenge i I don't understand i can understand maybe they have know your client regulations anti-money laundering regulations but surely that is something they could easily fix with good process what's the problem in there that we don't see from the outside
1: yeah as i shared i i see it from systems perspective and from my previous experiences on process and compliance and things i have i see that global banks they have diverse lines of businesses hmm. and they are operating in multiple geographies this exposes them to a very complex and dynamic regulatory environment now to meet with these requirements they invest in multiple initiatives but often these initiatives are discrete without having any association with one another Mm. and their underlying technology. This results in gaps as well as redundancies in the overall compliance program.
0: So if I was a multinational bank, what you're saying is that the problem with my regulation or compliance issues is that often they're very localized and, you know... They are fragmented. They're fragmented. Yeah. So... um, how do we deal with that? How do we solve that problem? Well and maybe you can tell us why that's a problem. surely it's not a problem if you have enough resources to fix it, right? Why does that create a problem for a bank?
1: If you have to say produce a regulatory report yeah and say your report requires input from different lot of people and units, and you your systems are all different, all across. To make that report happen, you will have to put extra effort to now collate this information and then produce your report. Mm. So what happens? This is, this is not giving you an effective way to design your reports. And today, regulators are not happy with just a report, but they are looking for more granular data that actually led to the conclusions that you shared in your report. Mm. So to make this happen, you need to have access to your data more easily. And data today is in fragmented systems. So this is one process. This is one problem in regulatory reporting. There are problems in, say, even execution of this complex uh, engagement wherein you have to talk to uh, multiple people coordinate with. The process is uh, very complex. Needs, coordination, and collaboration. Uh, at the same time, accountability. Um, who is the person to give approvals? So things like that are challenging. Mm. So, so uh, regulations, if you see for anti-money laundering, and say, so if I say example of anti-money, today what is happening in anti-money laundering space, your transaction monitoring is rule-based. But then, by rule-based system, you are raising a lot of false positives.
0: Yeah. We've experienced this, haven't we? When you make a money transfer, <laughs> you get a call from the bank and they're saying, what's going on? It's just a false positive, right?
1: Yes. And this false positives uh, is a waste because you are putting your effort, mm. your time, but you're not getting any result out of it. So when this effectiveness of this way of rule-based transaction uh, monitoring is way, way below the magnitude of this problem right so so how do we deal today if we can make the data available good data quality data available on a platform or if you have an access to good quality data you will be able to apply machine learning you can apply artificial intelligence to develop those um models and when you have an uh, analytics based way of looking at this problem you will have you will be able to create say patterns studying their historical behavior historical transactions and you know which transactions were okay and which were mm. so you can identify any anomalies in the pattern got it the second point is not all customers you have to be vigilant about you can you can categorize your customers into different groups
0: like profiling
1: profiling yeah. how do you put them in different buckets mm. and that is again because you have today social media data you have data about their say tax return, you had data about their, say, um, real estate holding, and tons and tons of data is available today. Our lives are really digitized, Mm. and this digitized world we are able to analyze. We have the tools now. Data science is giving us all the power to look into this, dig into this data and derive a meaning out of it. So when we derive this meaning from this in, uh, voluminous data, we can really do a profiling. And then we know exactly which bucket we really need to be vigilant about. Right.
0: Yeah. Where so, do we focus yeah, our efforts? So
1: you have e- all your hundred percent transactions you can test through your and and those uh, models where mm. anomalies are there. Mm. And then you have this customer information. Together becomes a very Im- important information that you can, in a timely manner, you can share. So that, that risk can be
0: contained. Right. So you've set the scene very well. Let's just replay a little bit what we've said. That... Just taking, for example, one compliance or regulatory area like anti-money laundering, that currently it's rule-based. It's very crude. It's been around for some time. If this activity, then do this, right? Right. It doesn't improve over time, does it? What you're saying is that that works on some cases but it's a dragnet isn't it it just catches a lot of noise as well and it's very wasteful as you say it's well below the the level of acceptable performance right? right yet until now we haven't had a better way of doing it it's the only way right but you're saying now we have access to a lot of data
1: yeah
0: for example profiling data yeah social media background data and so on and machine learning what we can now do is we can move from simple crude, you know, pro- not profiling, but simple rules-based profiling of behavior to something that evolves over time saying, well, we've tried this. That didn't work. Now we can sort of evolve this and learn on the job, so to speak. All right. So you've told us what the problem is. It's wasteful. Um, uh,
1: exactly. This is not uh, the entire Problem. Mm. The problem is, say, in six areas mainly we are talking about. It's a very wide problem. We are attacking um, the banks' uh, challenges in, in complying with the regulations. So they have this challenge in say reporting they have challenges in their credit risk management they have challenges in their policy development their um, advisory work their risk man um, control testing and mon- monitoring uh, policy development so we are seeing that this uh, these areas all these six areas the problems are basically because this these processes are complex. Mm. And we understand the challenges they have, say, in risk management. Today, risk management is really broken where the risk department, say, shares the information in a language or in terms which is really not very understandable by the business. And business always looks at risk department as a hindrance in their job. Mm. They are not... but. Honestly, risk has the ability to be a partner in decision-making. Right.
0: This is a fund. I mean, you want to come to the transformation piece at the end, right? But you're talking about the difference between a gatekeeper and an enabler, you know, where risk management is really a gatekeeper preventing people doing stuff. But you're saying it can be a partner and an enabler, and I'm yeah. sure somebody in that space yeah. was thinking, "Okay, this is what so, I signed so, up for."
1: So another the other uh, problem in risk management is because the risk quantification is uh, not very well, adequately and accurately quantified. Uh, you see the complex pro- products; there, nobody ex- exactly knows. Was the risk in dealing with them? And these risks are not transparent. And this, is, this was actually the reason behind our last financial crisis, where mm. risk management was poor. So we see the problems, how we can ad- address that risk piece in our compliance. The challenges are in uh, accurately identifying and managing that risk in a way that gives us a, uh, right decisions at the right time.
0: Is it difficult to do that just because it's so complicated? Is that what you're saying? It's, a,
1: it's, it's because it is complicated and it's risk forecasting. Today we can we we are talking about risk forecasting but those are very primitive way we are humans mm. are mm. designing it through different models but uh, again with machine learning and artificial intelligence we can remove that bias and we can bring more accurate risk management risk quantification risk decision making right so so these are Various challenges. If I move on to another other four areas where we are talking about uh, um, compliance, uh, oh. um, say um, advisory work, uh, advisory work again there are problems because it's a it's a, it takes a lot of time. From the advisory people and business doesn't get a very effective and meaningful advice in time, which is actually trackable and which can be um, closed into um, any issues arising out of it so there are problems in that there are further problems in um, uh, say development of a uh, plan for monitoring and testing of the controls that is there in the entire compliance program mm-hmm. these are these are issues and these all are originating because of fragmentation in the
0: system mm. okay so there's a whole bunch of yes. processes yes. in finance in banking which are complicated fragmented and they have primitive tools yes all right so that's the problem as we can see you rightly mentioned the financial crisis was really caused by that where there wasn't anybody sitting at a top level who could oversee all this problem happening scene is set Seema. therefore what's next what's the solution how do we fix this because it seems too massive a solution to fix do you have an answer
1: yes The answer is how, if we could integrate all these initiatives or all these different pieces, all these different pieces across the bank and across geographies on a single platform. That platform will be all systems, all people across finance, risk and compliance Mm. use a single integrated uh, application to do their all daily activities. So if I have to reach out to a customer and I can write an email, that email will stay in that system. If I'm making a phone call, I have a history of that. If I have created an artifact and I shared with them, that stays in the system. So basically, it is a business process enabler. So all your business activities are done through that application, mm. one single place. You do not have to go for an email, a different application, for your uh, history of chat to another application. It's here, mm. one consolidated place. And you have access to all your customers, all your internal people then and there. You have, the system has the ability to automate your processes so it will intelligently guide you what is the next step to do so it simplifies your daily activities at the same time it has uh, it will take up some repetitive task and it will do it for you and that leaves space for you to focus on higher level task mm. Mm. so this is this is a system where we we say how about we create this and when we imagine such a big integration and automation project which will give you a high data quality which will enable you to do the second higher level of bringing data science to artificial intelligence and machine learning how is this possible
0: hmm. but, okay well let me ask you it's a big product vision right yeah, yeah. let's uh put it out there that you set out and said this is what you want to build this platform where you can integrate all these activities which really will help join the dots yes you know and help people then maybe to get a bit more of a top level view of what's going on where does this fit into what exists already because already i'm not of the world of where you came from, so I don't know what tools they use already, but they have systems, they have platforms, they have CRM, they have existing legacy systems, they have you know like project management tools. Where does it fit in with all of that?
1: So when I when I envision this solution, uh, let me share about what kind of system or application, how that application will be will look like. Uh, this is a cloud-based. Uh, Mobile solution, Mm. and it is a third-party solution, and it's from a global business software uh, provider, which is a market leader identified as identified by uh, an industry analyst. So it's a standard, a very well recognized solution uh, product. The product is available in the form that you can imagine it like we implement first. Uh, say, IKEA shelf. Mm -hmm. So we give that shelf to people and then we invite people to put their processes and their artifacts into those uh, boxes. So what happens is everybody across your finance, risk and compliance have all their artifacts, all their data and all their processes in one shelf, huge shelf, which is across the globe. Mm -hmm. So this big shelf you have access to and you can pull out data to develop your reports at any level. You can roll up your reports. And this data is further available to now say you have a um, a legal entity or a customer, and you have a complete view of their account statement, one place, all their things. And you have it on almost a real time because data is coming into this system oh. from wherever it, is, it has to come from. That information, you can build your models and apply data science. And you can make sense of how that data should be. So patterns and when there are anomalies, you identify it. Mm -hmm. So this big IKEA shelf is enabling you to do your task better, is enabling you with high data quality and take the second level of activities. And that will enable you, give you risk information, which will be more accurate adequately quantified to make a risk-based decisions at every level in the organization. Mm-hmm. And that will change the way people work, that will change the way they look at risk. So the culture shifts and the culture really becomes risk-focused because it's available easily. And it's available that can be rolled up at various levels, you unit level, location level, say the entire, your entire um, balance sheet, that finance information is there. Finance people are using in the same same shelf. So when the one shelf is there, the system has the ability to pull up the data. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of this system is it's very uh, secure. You have a security of data at every record level. One record of data who should have access or who should not have access you can define that mm-hmm. so security is not an issue
0: okay help me understand it's a cloud based mobile solution that's developed by third party a third party yeah. you are integrating that for clients is yes. that all right so you are acting as a systems integrator yes. for this product Spe- this yes. pro- okay and it's an established product out there that people understand and know about.
1: Yes, it's a it's a, a well known okay. uh, Gartner first first world. It's a very well known okay. product uh, product. But when I'm using it. Uh, I am just taking the vanilla system or the, um, it's like the shelf. But again, that shelf is not built. We will build that shelf.
0: That's the SI part of it, right? Yes,
1: SI SI part. The shelf will build, but we onboard the processes and the artifacts, which we do not define, like what report should, how the report should look like. You show
0: the client how to use it. Yes, and it's
1: so easy to even lay out the process that it's like a, the e- business user themselves can uh, lay down the process flow mm. and it, they can use an interface, which is very collaborative. Something like you can imagine a Google Docs mm. uh, for designing the process. Mm. So you're designing a process and people can collaborate all across the geography in the same, same document, same interface. Right. And it's just a drag and
0: drop. Okay. Good. Well, that sounds easy enough. But let me ask you then, if if I was, for example, developing policy Mm -hmm. within a bank. Yes. and First of all, help me understand, who would be doing that in a bank? What would they be doing normally before this system? And then how would you come in and change that for the better? So who develops policy in a bank? What kind of role does that come out of? What kind of function?
1: So there will be different people who are actually capable who are uh, who have the know how to write the policies so the people from the policy um, the department who have the know how mm. but they don't write a policy in a standalone alone mode they have to actually collaborate with multiple parties a policy development will include that writing piece, then you have to get it reviewed by say business or different other uh, 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 subject matter experts. After that review, and then you come back and then you fix the comments and you come up with a final review uh, document, policy document, then it again has to go for approval. Now who can approve that accountability or having known um, a process flow for that? will actually help. And then it goes into, say, uh, communication to the Mm. people. It has to go to the right people in the right time and all that stuff. But all these things can happen at the same time in a very systematic way following a workflow. Mm. And that workflow, the system will have already in it. Yeah. So when you have a workflow, then you, it becomes easy for different parties to know what is their job, when they have to do, and what is the outcome, what is the document. Everything stays into one yeah, single. Where
0: are we in the flow as well? So, yes. w- what happens now with that process? Does, is that not do workflows not exist for that, or is it done manually? Or
1: it may be for different people, it is done in different uh, uh, boxes right, and yeah. different areas, and they are they are not. Uh, at one place. So what happens is when you have uh, uh, the biggest uh, disadvantage is uh, um, when you have say a change in a regulation and you have to see which policy gets impacted, Yeah, you run into different places. Instead of that, if you have one shelf and everything is there and boom, you know already for this, uh, this regulation, these are the entities which are actually related. So this is the business line which uses, which is impacted by this regulation. These are the policies which gets impacted. These are the controls or the risks that get impacted. So you have a complete view of that change in regulation and you can create impact immediately. And then you can further calculate this is what will happen in the challenge in the current change management, change, regulatory change management is, again, the regulations are changing very fast. And when regulations are changing fast, you are not able to carry out the entire impact analysis accurately and take the policy development in the right way. The approval, who should approve those tasks and change?
0: Mm.
1: So this system is going to enable you to do all that stuff.
0: Mm. Yeah, especially when it comes to change because yes. that that therefore requires a lot of top level view on the different assets, the different parties involved because it's very difficult to understand what is going on at a top level. Things can happen like you go, going back to the financial crisis again. Yes. You know, a lot of things went on like development of financial instruments and so on that people didn't really understand. Yes. But because nobody had that view at the top level. Yes. Everybody was just getting on doing their yes. thing, right? Yes. Driven by the metrics, driven yes. by the KPI. Yeah, and
1: they were broken. They were in silos and they were yeah. they were not um, they nobody had a complete view of no. the bank.
0: So nobody had a responsibility.
1: Nobody has the yeah. responsibility. So yeah. that creates a lot of problem and that's that's mm. where that's where sim why we call it a sim and what is the reason and what's the meaning of my company that is where i actually have a mission and my mission if i if i may digress but i no
0: i think it's uh, not a digression it's on point go on
1: yeah so the the mission i have is that i want to create an ecosystem that will nurture other businesses to thrive grow and become sustainable for the future Mm. And how, why I am transforming or helping these big in banks with diverse lines of businesses who are the top layer of the financial system to help them comply with regulations because they play a key role in this building this ecosystem. How do they, why? Because they have the ability to make the financial system stable as well as
0: healthy. Mm, that's what you mean by sustainability.
1: Yes, right. and stable, when they are actually able to identify or quantify risk and manage risk in a more transparent way. in Internally, they share the risks internally. You have the views at different levels accurately and externally to the people who are actually dealing with those things. Yeah. So that transparency has to come. And today, the in financial risk uh, uh, problem last time, or even today, you identify a product by the credit rating Mm. but who is actually seeing why they are given that rating and who is actually questioning that rating but but there is a fundamental way that we can actually quantify this risk and if we have a process a system an IT that clarity will come and the information will be on the table to, take, to enable you to take the right decision.
0: Well, it, let, let me ask you then, if you were to implement this system in the financial world, will that change, for example, how they do credit rating? Because as you say, it's a very crude instrument to measure risk, right?
1: The credit rating is not done by the bank, Mm. The credit rating is done by the agencies, right? but the bank uses those rating to actually deal with those products and they see the risk by the rating, which is broken.
0: Mm. So how would that change if, if because, it's broken? What? Because
1: when banks themselves are actually calculating the risk in the transparent way mm. and system is enabling them to do it. Using, say, this forecasting and using your um, models and the risk uh, impact you calculate, you combine your forecast and your risk impact, and then you quantify risk accurately. And if that is done very transparently, then... What? You are not dependent on someone else yeah. telling it, right? You can't make your decisions based on facts. And this is what system will enable them to do. Bring the facts on the table.
0: So you're saying almost like the risk is baked into the processes itself. Mm, like yes. That's, rather than outsourced and a separate mm, s- entity to the bank. It's, it's
1: not in everything It's on the... Uh, currently, it's not everything is based on the rating yeah. or internal. Uh, but whatever is done today... The risk management process is broken and Mm. it has not changed from what it was 10 years back. And this is where I am bringing that you have your policies in place. You have your risk actually available in the bank with people at different levels. You shift the entire culture. You make it risk focused. This shift will change the way that the entire system works. Mm. This is my... Stability part, how do I make it healthy? That's money laundering. These banks have to really wake up and do something about this money laundering, which is possible to do. Today, we have the tools. We have the ability to bring the data to that level and apply data science. And I come from a STEM background. I had mathematics was my subject. I did a lot of data analysis work. And then I I self-learned data science, and I'm a data scientist myself. I see this is the time to actually now focus on this kind of integration and bring the data to that level, apply it to big things to address big problems. And this is why I call my company as a sustainability through engagement, empowerment, and mobilization. Mm. So why I call it engagement, empowerment, and mobilization is the second part of my solution because the solution is big, huge. So how do we actually implement such a big program or, or a system or a, this one single um, shelf across the globe where everybody is putting all their things? Tell me. So this is movement. This change is not happening through a mandate from the the senior management that, Mm. okay, let's today wake up and let's do this. It will not happen. And it is not possible for any external experts to come into into the picture and roll out or design a process or design a, um, a report or design things for people. It is absolutely not possible so let me uh, let me share with you why I created first and how I am going about it. The first point is people do not like change
0: mm.
1: i people don't like to be told what to change. they like give us the autonomy we will change why i what i why i'm trying to what I'm trying to say is say when I was working as a process consultant, I observed that people never accepted what we want them to do. They resisted. But given a chance for them to come up with ideas, when they understood that there is a risk in this, they would come off of their ideas on their own. And when they come off of their ideas on their own, they were willing to implement it. So, they implemented when they had their own ideas. Mm. And actually, the solution was better than what I could have suggested because they knew their job best, and they knew the what is what is to be fixed. and they then when it is for their baby, they would put their effort yeah. and come out with it. So this was my first point that I wanted to bring out in my solution. The second point that I observed, when I was working in Singapore, so it, it happened that I, my multiple jobs did not work and there was a gap in culture. So what happened is, um, I, whatever I thought is the right thing to do and I delivered, even exceeding the expectations, it was not appreciated, rather it was stalled. And it was very stifling. So I later on, and I at one point, then I felt that I had to look back and look deeper. What is the reason for this? And what I realized is that there is a lack of big picture alignment. But what when, when there is a big picture alignment, what happens? Because I was... I was not able to give as much I wanted to i want I, did, I didn't I could not go an extra mile, but when is that a situation when there is a big picture alignment where people are able to give their everything and there are uh, and it is not a problem but it is encouraged. they are happy to go they are fully engaged and then let me share then I reflected exactly when does that happen. And what I realized is actually it happens when there is a bigger purpose in it. When there is a purpose which is for the good of others, where we are doing some service. Say, I tell you, you must remember, you can recollect the incident in Thailand sometime back. Ten football kids mm-hmm. and the coach, yeah. they were trapped in the caves and they were, that was flooded with water. They were discovered only after 10 days. Now, how people from all over came forward to help. People did menial jobs, just cooked meals or washed clothes, but some took risks, even to the extent of endangering their
0: lives. Yeah, some died. Yeah,
1: but but nobody had told them to do this. Mm. And you saw the teamwork, phenomenal, and the outcome, outstanding. And how did that happen? No one, no one had asked them to do, they came forward on their own, they did it. And why they did it? Because they all connected with that reason. They felt they can do something and they can save the, those children. Hmm. And they saved it. So can we, it feels good when we do something for others, it's a fact. So can we bring that same concept to organization can an organization have a purpose beyond just making
0: profit can it yes how do you know well how do you do that when the ceo of the organization is measured by the share price
1: we will talk about that let me tell you what what will happen if it it has one purpose like that Mm -hmm. you you get if you have a purpose like that then you have people who will be, who can see their connection to that purpose, right? And then they can see how their work makes a difference to that purpose. And when they see that connection, they will be willing to make changes that is needed to deliver towards that purpose.
0: But if I'm a bank, huh? my, my my purpose yeah. is to deliver value to shareholders.
1: Uh, <laughs>
0: Actually, the, Whether, whether, whether the, the prospectus says something or different, if the CEO is fired or hired on the basis of stock price, how, how do you change that? Because what's measured gets done, right? Uh,
1: this is a notion that uh, we, we will make, we stay focused on profit and then we can make more profit. But that's a fallacy. If we stay focused on purpose, -hmm. Profit is a byproduct and it will happen anyways, and it will happen, in fact, more Mm -hmm. because you have your people engaged, and that is the biggest challenge in any company to be able to meet their targets. You have people, you have everything, you don't have people with you, you don't have anything. Mm -hmm. Now, shareholders. They need to understand this, that they can't measure a a company on three-month basis, but they have to see it long-term.
0: How do you change that mindset?
1: I am not attacking that mindset uh, alone, and that's not what I want to focus, but I want to sell this, but they can see by doing this, what is the benefit? Hmm. Because if you don't do, you are indirectly, losing money, you are putting so many of your money into um, whatever, fines mm-hmm. and things like that. You save that, you can save that, how? Through making, taking care of these challenges that you have in compliance. Mm-hmm. And how do you, com- Attack that challenges. And if you are able to comply, you are able to do business. Today, they are struggling because compliance is eating everything out. It's re- eating your reputation. It is eating your... Your share price is gone. Right. Then shareholders...
0: Do we they, have some... It would be great to have some numbers on that. Because <laughs> that's what they'll understand. This, yeah. this is how much it costs... Yes. ...these businesses yes. on an annual basis. Yes.
1: There Are there are different ways to... Um, to sell that but i'm not selling that point to the shareholders Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but there is an impact and there is a way to um, see it on a big picture on Mm. a longer term and what it means actually it's not three month period it's a long big window
0: so you mentioned going back so the 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 boys in thailand as an example and you've made a case that purpose yeah that once you have a collective purpose people get on board and they can do a lot more and they feel better about it and we like that we like collectively solving problems right that's kind of why we're on this planet i guess at the end of the day survival is a problem that's a, a problem we're solving on a daily basis some people like to take it a bit further and do good for society right so you're saying in organizations you can apply that kind of mindset that maybe one of the problems is for example like money laundering, financial crisis, compliance even, and that actually, if you make it a collective problem that people can get involved in, you can go way beyond just what people do on a daily basis, which is pushing boxes around an organisation. And if you said yourself as well, if you go beyond that, that, that can actually be negative for you in the long run because people don't like that. The people don't like the fact you're over delivering. But if you create an environment where that's possible,
1: I, I, there will be no over delivering if you have if you are uh, guided by a higher purpose, mm. because uh, then there is no conflict. There is no conflict. Your your superior is not seeing you as a conflict then, because both of you are working in synergy towards that purpose. Yeah. So when there is no conflict, there is nothing like you have to do this. Mm. That, that's a culture where I it's like a command and control. You do this, I tell you, you deliver this. That that's that's what is a problem in the in the current culture. And that's mm. that that we have to address. So when I say that to bring a change through movement, these two points are very important. The first point is that people like to do things, come up with their ideas on their own and they want to work on their own ideas themselves. So see, we are able to engage people with a higher purpose and we are showing them and enabling them with a tool that they can use a platform, which is a box and we say that, okay, if you bring your stuff here, this is how you can be, your daily work can change, and that will be help you to actually deliver this. Mm. So helping them to understand, boiling down that purpose, and connect it with your daily work, that is, that is something which needs to be done. It's not just you define a purpose and keep it on the walls. Mm-hmm. The purpose has to be brought down and connected back to people, different jobs they do in the organization. And it's a compass, that purpose becomes the compass that becomes the final deliverable.
0: Yeah, the North Star. So tell tell me Seema, um, who, who do you want to speak to? Who do you want listening to this, watching this, to reach out to you and say, hey, I like what you're doing. Let's talk. What kind of people, what kind of organizations and what kind of sectors?
1: I, as I said, my solution is for global banks with driver's lines of businesses. So I'm looking at that as my client, that sector of bank uh, and uh, um, what I'm looking from them. And so I, what was your question? What do you say? <laughs> so the fir-
0: That's fine. The f- you defined who your target market is, the bank. Yes. So the, the, who who do you want to say? Seema, I listened to this podcast. I watched your interview. Let's talk. What kind of people? Because if we put it out there, they will respond. Because some people always want to know: Is this for me? You know, you, you talked about a wide range of issues and challenges that could affect hundreds of millions of people. Who are you directly speaking to that want to reach out to you first?
1: Uh, it's a, since it's a bank-wide and it's across geography. It's a change that will originate with a single team, but it will spread. And finally, you will have this solution, one single integrated and automated platform, which is also artificial intelligence and machine learning mm-hmm. enabled to tackle big problems. This is a big, big decision. And this decision, to me, will be at the top, at the executive level. So people who are in the c-suite the ceo they are the people whom i i need to convince that this is something that is remarkably different and it is something that is possible to do and there is a huge advantage of doing this kind of uh,
0: change so in particular if they were having conversations internally about purpose Mm -hmm. about money laundering or all those compliance issues struggling with that because nobody's got it right yet as you say you go way back to the the tools that we use currently they're not 100% effective so anybody who has this at the top of their pile they should talk to you because the challenge with banks as you know yeah. is they have like 52 priorities yes. and you got currency collapse financial stability etc mm. etc cetera, et cetera. you know it gets put in at number 20 whatever so you want somebody who's already got that at the in the top of their priorities yes. and thinking about this yes. and say, what's the next step talking to you? What happens next?
1: Um, the next step is uh, about scaling my team and my group because I am right now solo at the stage where I have developed the methodology mm. uh, which actually enables to do this change through movement where I identify the purpose, then brand the purpose. Then I take it further into implementation where design thinking comes and people experiment on their ideas. We enable the conditions and then we go into that IT development and implementation of that base piece on which people can bring in their processes. This entire methodology is in the ready state. So I'm looking for uh, bringing in another uh, service integrator who is actually using that third-party tool currently, but it is he, he, that that company is using it in the traditional way right. of deploying it. But then, given removing that, that those people can learn this new way of implementation, and then we jointly solve uh, provide this solution. So this is actually. This base piece can be actually reusable across different uh, similar global banks. So this can become an industry-wide asset. So I, I also see that it is a good idea to actually collaborate and develop this uh, solution wherein other banks are also interested. And then it gets implemented into one um, bank.
0: Okay, fantastic. So in particular, systems integrators who are using this tool, but as it says on the manual, not necessarily using it to open up access to other areas, which you're going to help them do, right? Okay, Fantastic. What's the easiest way for people to contact you? How do you like people? Are you active on LinkedIn? Does that work for you? Because we can put all the details in the show notes.
1: Uh, I'm available on LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, email. So yeah
0: reach out
1: yeah reach out
0: fantastic seema Sutradhar. thank you so much for coming and sharing your journey and your vision with us today hopefully you've struck a chord with people who Also, maybe you've spoken for them today. Maybe people are thinking these things, but not able to articulate them. Maybe, like you say, people in the world of finance or business think these things, but they're so in the weeds of what they do. Nobody's actually said, oh, I've joined all the dots now. I can see what the problem is. They didn't think it was possible. So in that sense, those people should reach out to you and start that conversation.
1: Okay, thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Fantastic. That is Seema Sutradar, everybody from Seem, Seem.sg. find out more about you as well. Also reach out on LinkedIn. Thanks for coming today.
1: Thank you, Graham. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you.
0: That was Pitch Deck Asia, powered by Pitch Media Asia. My name is Graham Brown. Pitch Deck Asia is a platform to give startups in Asia a voice. We give them a show to help them tell their story. And if you love these startup stories and like hearing more about the journeys of the founders, go and check out our SoundCloud channel, which is available at pitchdeck.asia slash SoundCloud. That's pitchdeck.asia slash SoundCloud. Head along to the channel, subscribe, follow us, and feel free to leave a comment or a rating on our channel as well. We'd love to hear your feedback.